Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. The sermon today will be brought to us by Christopher Worm, who will continue our preaching series through the book of Acts. Looking into Acts 10 verses 23 to 48, what do we learn about trusting God? And what made Peter realize that God does not show favoritism, but wants to reach out to everyone who seeks him, no matter of origin, spiritual background or past events? Join us now and see that the gospel is meant for all. As you know, right now we're going through the book of Acts. Um, I'm happy that Christopher Wurm is here today. Um, I think it's your first time here, right? So I'm happy that you are here. I'm excited to hear from you. Hello. Thanks for the invitation. Um, I'm, my name is Christopher. I'm from Vienna. I'm visiting the church in Meidling. And I'm working at the moment for USM, for the Christian Student Ministry here in Austria, Maybe you know the IFIS movement, the worldwide movement, and the USM is part of it. That's enough about me. You can ask me more after the service. Yeah, I want to pray before I start reading the Bible text for today's sermon. Dear Lord and Father, I want to thank you for today's gathering. Thank you that you are a good God and a God who wants to reveal himself. Please speak to us through your word. Give us your spirit to understand your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm reading from Acts 10, in the verses 23 to the end of the chapter 48. I'm reading from the NIV translation. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Three days ago I was in my house praying at at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man shining clothes um, stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He's a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak, and now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with them. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country 
of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and cast him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses for whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed us uh, as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testified about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been pured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. That's the word of God. We're looking today at God's great master plan. God's great master plan with the people. Uh, with the people of Caesarea and with the, with the believers there. Just have to order my papers. But I see there are magnets. That's very good. <laughs> so, the passage of today shows us something which is a very important topic at the moment in our society. It's about inclusion. Altogether, diversity. These are topics which are often discussed in media, in social media, even in schools or in the university, at the end and this place where you live. Everywhere around us is inclusion and diversity, many cultures. But often, we as Christians, it's like, "Mm, you don't have inclusion, not so diversity, and we are not so often connected with this. And one question I want to give you right in the beginning of the sermon is, and you can think of it throughout the whole sermon is, how does God's inclusive view in this passage shape you as a person and can shape the church, the church here? How does God's inclusive view shape you as a person and can shape the church? Let me begin with a short context of this passage I read before. Cornelius is a Gentile. He's not a Jew, but he feared God as best he knew. Um, And he prayed and gave alms to the poor and walked in the upright way. That's written before our passage today. And God sent an angel to him and told him to send for Peter um, to hear what he has to say. And about the same time, God gave Peter a vision. Um, Maybe you remember the the vision is with the animals and Peter was like, I cannot eat them. They are unclean. And God's um, answer was, rise and eat. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. And that's the, yeah, that's the context of the passage. And I want to give you four points for the day to see God's great master plan 
which is written in this passage. The first is God's plan changes minds. This story is so important in the master plan of God because it's the time where God is, is stretching out to the Gentiles. Um, in the beginning of Acts, Jesus told to his um, apostles in Acts 1 verse 8, he gave his disciples a mission. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now this is the third part. It's going out to the ends of the world. It's going out to the Gentiles. Because Peter is now reaching out to the Gentiles, um, that's, so that is the, the third step of the plan. What God has cleansed you must not call common. And that's one very important thing about God's master plan. Because Peter received this message, uh, we see directly in verse 25 that he understood what God told him. Um, and you look at verse 25 and you think, Christopher, he just entered the house. So, wow, nice job, you walk through a door. Why is this important? But we have to look at the cultural context in this time. A Jew never, 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 never went to a house of a Gentile. That was forbidden because they were unclean. So also this practical step was one where we see that there's a change in Peter's heart because it was forbidden. It was even forbidden to sit at a table with a Gentile. And now Peter is standing there going through the door and... Yeah, Peter's view had changed. Gentiles weren't unclean anymore for him. God and the Holy Spirit changed his minds and opened, and Peter was open for the great master plan of God. God changed his mind. And look at verse 28. You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Wow, this is a change of minds. Maybe for us today it's like, yeah, it's, it's clear, but this is a very important part of, the, of God's plan in the history. And Peter's point here in verse 28 is that there is not a single human in the world about who we should think in this way. That's the amazing thing in this, in this verse. Not one single human. Our hearts should go out to every single person, whatever the color, whatever the ethnic origin, whatever physical traits, whatever the cultural distinctiveness. Don't write off anybody. Because what God has called common, what God has called um, clear, you shouldn't call common. And this is God's inclusiveness we see in this thing. It's not an inclusiveness like we think that all is good. But God shows here there's no limitation for people to come to Jesus Christ. There is no limitation, no cultural borders, no limits. He offers everyone this opportunity to repent and accept Jesus Christ the Savior. That's the important thing. He offers everyone the opportunity to repent and accept Jesus Christ as Savior. 
And Peter was convinced. But there is more. Peter asked him why Cornelius had sent for him. And Cornelius answered that he saw an angel, that God hears his prayer and sees his good deeds. Now he should immediately go to Joppa and ask for Peter. And now Peter is standing in the house, lots of people, including Cornelius, standing there and waiting for the apostle to speak God's word. So we see God's master plan. God started the master plan, but also uses Peter to fulfill his plan. And verse 34 and 35, I really like these two verses in this passage, sums up perfectly the first important point of the service, of the sermon. And now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. That's the inclusiveness that God gives. Everyone who fears God. God is willing to reach people from every background. God wants us as his church to be open to everyone. I think this topic is very present nowadays. Because the society starts again, when you look here in Austria, it starts again to, to build groups. That there's this group and this group and this group and you cannot switch the groups in the society. Different political opinions, different world views, um, or medical issues or something like this. This is all group, group, group. But we as Christians, we have another message. We should be open to everyone. Um, and, yeah, and also there are other problems in society like racism or fear of different culture hasn't stopped. But God is willing to reach people from all backgrounds, from all nations, from all cultures, and we of his church, we are part of this plan. We are, God of, we are part of God's master plan. He's openly offering Jesus Christ the Savior, and we are part of his plan reaching out to people. And we are his church. The gospel is for all. Let us show this love of God to the other people outside. We can offer the love, the peace, and the acceptance through Jesus to everyone. God is open to everyone. And why? Because we can offer it, we sang it today, through Jesus Christ. God's plan through Jesus. The key person we all know is Jesus. And Peter starts his message in verse 36, when you look, with introducing Jesus Christ. But how? The good news of peace. Peter speaks of a peace which is more than no family issues or no wars in the country anymore. Peter is talking about this ultimate peace, the peace with Jesus Christ, the peace with God. In Ephesians 2, verses 14 till 18, when you want to look in your Bible, um, Paul describes... Um, the, Jesus' work on Jews and Gentiles. Ephesians two fourteen to 18. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulation. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him 
we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Humanity can have peace with Jesus, the ruler of the world. And this is possible through Jesus, because he is the ruler of all. He is the Lord of all. We sang it beforehand in Jesus Messiah, his Lord of all. Peter introduced Jesus as exactly this, Lord of all. Not the Lord of the apostles, not the Lord of Peter alone, not the Lord of the Jews. He is Lord of all. So God's inclusiveness is seen in the equal chance for everyone. The gospel is for all. There's no ethnic group or social group which is a better for God. So God doesn't think in, in these human ways in making groups and making differences all the time. Yeah. And this is because of Jesus. And it's, like, um, it, it's so fascinating how Peter described the gospel in this passage. And we want to look a little bit closer to verses 37 and 38. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and the power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Remember, Peter was an eyewitness of, uh, like many others. So the Bible um, spoke about uh, 500, 500 people who saw Jesus after his resurrection. And these are the people who should witness and share the good news of Jesus Christ the Savior. And when we look how Peter described Jesus to the Gentiles, to the friends of Cornelius, to Cornelius himself, that's so great, it's so amazing. Let's look together in the Word of God. Jesus, verse 36, Jesus brings peace. And he's the Lord of all. That is written in verse 36. Uh, in 38, he's the anointed one with the Holy Spirit and the power. He did good things. He's stronger than Satan, and he healed people. Wow. But Peter wasn't finished there. Verse 39, Jesus was the one who was killed, who rose again. That's a message which is important for us till today. There is no sin which has more power than the cross. In the, there's no sin in the past, in the present, or in the future which has more power than the cross. Peter goes on, Jesus is the one who rose again, who was seen by some people. But Jesus is also the judge from the living and the dead. Because he's the, he's the uh, starting point of everything. That's why he's also the one who can judge everyone. And verse 43, Peter ends with, Jesus is the one who makes forgiveness possible. Peter put Jesus in the center of his words to the Gentiles. And that's, that are the first things the Gentiles hear. The first thing they hear, Jesus. And Jesus is for all. Also for the Gentiles. So the second point is God fulfilled his plan through Jesus. And God is still working today in us. God's work through the Holy Spirit. Let's look at the last section of the passage of today. While Peter talked about what the good news is doing inside the people who believe, 
this amazing thing. The Holy Spirit fall onto the people. They fell onto the listener, Cornelius and his friends. And what, is, what, a, what a great moment. And it's also a really amazing thing that we cannot control the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does his things. He's doing his work in his will. There's no specific sentence Peter is using here to invite the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to fall onto the people. And that's amazing. Because Jesus' name was in the center. And that, that's um, the time when the Holy Spirit is at work. Maybe we read this text and think, yeah, the Holy Spirit came onto the people. But I, when I read through the text, I in, in so like the third or fourth time I was like, yeah, I think I'm like the, the people who were going with uh, Peter. They were really astonished. They were like, what's going on? Why is the Holy Spirit falling onto them? And I understand it. Because, first of all, they entered the house of a Gentile for the first time maybe. So probably the first time in their lives. They hear that Peter declares that God accepts people from every nation. That was for the people back then like, whoa, from every nation? I don't know. And the third thing, they witnessed the gift of the Holy Spirit being poured out on the Gentiles who speak in tongues and magnify God. So they had a lot to take in in this moment. In 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. And that underlines the fact, for in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all are made to drink of one spirit. Great. So we see God is the one who is included. Jesus brings the gospel for all, for all, and the Holy Spirit is also for all. That's so great. In this passage, we see how the Trinity works in this. And I think the last part is just as important. We see God plan with all nations. Jesus is Lord of all. The Holy Spirit also came over the Gentiles and enabled them in this situation to speak in tongues. So we think, yeah, okay, they speak in tongues, nice. Um, but I think the Holy Spirit worked in this way to show that he also enabled the Gentiles. Because we remember um, in uh, the beginning of Acts, in Acts 2, on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell, falls onto the Jews. Um, then in Acts 8, it's ex extended um, to the Samaritans. And then in this um, passage in Acts 10, it's on the Gentiles too. Great story. It's um, to see how through the book of Acts, um, God's master plan is uh, going on. And by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, all nations, all ethnic groups, all cultures have a share in the saving work of Jesus Christ till nowadays. And the Holy Spirit is at work everywhere where Jesus and the good news is proclaimed. And I think that's really important um, to notice and to see this, that the Holy Spirit is here because Peter puts Jesus in the center and then the Holy Spirit is at work. We, we, we looked at this great master plan through the um, chapter 10 and also the great master plan to Acts. But the master plan didn't stop with Acts 10 or with the end of Acts, it's going on still today. So my third, fourth point is God's plan through his believers and his church. So, us. And when we look at the church in Caesarea, the starting at the churches, they had completely changed. 
Cornelius changed from doing only the good thing to see. Um, so first of all, we know Cornelius did, only did good things and tried to pray, but he didn't know Jesus. So he changed from doing good to see the need of the saving work from Jesus Christ, the Savior. And now it's possible that the church in Caesarea starts and grows. That's really good news. And we can have Cornelius as a, like a role model for us in the situation. He invited his friends and all the people he know so that they hear the word of God, that they hear about Jesus, who hasn't changed since Peter's and Cornelius' meeting. And one important thing about church history and about the history of Caesarea, it's really interesting because we know from church history that the early church really kicked in the first century. It was like um, like everywhere were growing churches and there were churches and, and yeah, because they shared the gospel with strangers but also with their friends. Eusebius, this is an early church historian, um, described the the, one, the most important thing in this time was this burning conviction. So the church had a burning conviction um, as one of the most important actions. So the people see they are different in their actions. For instance, they support people in sickness, in poverty, and not only the, um, their people, also other people. Christians didn't care about the social and cultural borders. They welcomed everyone. And I think that's so, such an important thing for us also to remember in this time, to be open for everyone. Are we really convinced that the gospel is for all? Or do you think there are some people where you think it's like he or her, uh, she is unsafe able? Or... That's too, too big for God. Sometimes we go around and think, uh, I tried it ten times, so let's leave it. Are we convinced that the gospel is for all? Maybe also to the people you talk with since, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years. Or do you go in the streets of Vienna sometimes and think, oh, the gospel is for all of them except for this one? He's, he or she is unsafeable. Sometimes we go around and thinking, yeah. Hmm. I think Acts 10 is a reminder for us as church and for every single Christian. The good news shall also be preached to the people. We have the privilege that we have the written form of God, of God's word. Let's invite strangers, let's invite our friends let them hear the good news about Jesus Christ. We have it. You have it in your hands. Let's read with them. Starting reading the gospel with someone. Exploring together the good news. Like Cornelius, he wanted that his beloved people hear this good news about Jesus Christ. So who are the people who we love or who we spend time with who didn't know the gospel yet. Maybe someone of your family, maybe it's your neighbor, some friends, some people you spend time with. Yeah, let us give them a Bible. Let, let us read together. Because God is able to change people, there are no unsafe able 
people. God offers Jesus Christ to everyone. It's responsible for the people, but we can offer them Jesus Christ. As church, we can organize events, talks, small groups for seekers. We can, but also we can equip each other to uh, how we can read the Bible with other people or can do a Bible study with non-Christian. That's, I think that's the, some of the greatest fear we have when we said, oh, we can read Bible with a seeker. And I remember for myself, it was like, how? And no, they, he won't understand it or he cannot. Yeah, he, it's, um, it's not normal for him to re- sit and read a book or the Bible or something like this. But... No. There are possibilities that we can really read the Bible with people. And as a church, we can encourage each other. We can um, train each other and equip each other to really go and read the Bible with our friends or pray with our friends. And one last very important point of us as a church is God's plan is for everyone. I repeat it because it's the central thing. The gospel is for all. How can we as a church be open to people from different backgrounds or cultures? I think you did it well. Um, But sometimes we can think again like, oh, are we really open to everyone? Think about it. And if you say yes, then go on with it. If no, then change something. Are we really welcoming these people or do we treat them like outsiders if some new people came? Start asking questions like, What are the needs of the people from other cultures or from different cultures? How can we live hostility as a church or you um, as a person, as a church member? Jesus is the way to the Father, and this truth hasn't changed since Acts. We as believers um, and church can follow the footsteps and talking about this guy. We sing so many great songs today about who Jesus is, and it was really... um, yeah, happy to, to hear the, the lyrics and was like, oh, it's like we have prepared it together because they are really great songs, so good job. <laughs> um, because Jesus is Lord of all. And we are in his footsteps and can offer them to other people. Who are your friends? Who are the people you think they are unsafeable? Start praying for them. Start reading the Bible with them. Start talking with them. Be not be afraid to share the good news. While I prepared this sermon, I often listen to the song No Outsiders from Rand Collective. Maybe you know this song, but this song is really great. Um, I'm starting in the middle of the first verse. When I was a stranger knocking at your door, you took me in with no questions and no conditions. When I was a sinner running from your grace, you called me friend. And there are no outsiders to your love. We are all welcome. There's grace in us. You are the open door when I have wandered, Lord. There are no outsiders to your love. Maybe this lyrics reminds you of your personal story uh, with Jesus. So that there's Jesus except even you and me. He offers it to everyone. Jesus Christ is the offer for everyone. And the good news of Jesus Christ applies to everyone. This is still true today. And God is inclusive and offers people who fear him Jesus Christ. I want to end with Romans 1, 16 to 17, which reminds us 
For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written. The righteous will live by faith. God's master plan changes the mind of Peter. So he openly shared the gospel to the Gentiles. There's no outsider to his love because Jesus is Lord of all. And the Holy Spirit is able to change every heart of every people. Also of the people who think they are unsafe able maybe. A great story about the Trinity is this passage. How the Trinity and the master plan of God is working. It shows so much about the character and the love of God. The gospel is for all. Because it is God's plan, and nowadays it's God's plan through us to share this love. To share the gospel with everyone. The gospel is available for all. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Father, I want to thank you that you are a welcoming God. That you offer your son, Jesus Christ, to everyone. We want to thank you for, this, for the gospel and for this good news we have. For this hope. And please remind us when we're going um, and meeting our friends or spending time with family or going around to Vienna, uh, through Vienna or where we, at which places we are and that we see people and really want to share this love. There are no outsiders to your love. Jesus, you're the Lord of all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.